I would like to welcome Dave Lang, Director of Digital Media for the Baltimore Ravens, to the show. Dave, how's it going, my friend? Great. How are you guys doing? Good. And we like to start every episode off with a fact about me of the day. And considering that you've listened to the podcast for a while, we'll kick things off with you. Dave, what's your fact about me of the day? Well, uh, I didn't know this was coming, so you're putting me on the spot here. So I will, I'll give you two quick facts. One um, is podcast-related. Uh, I have been listening to the podcast since about October, so I've probably listened to close to 100 episodes. So loyal listener, listen to it every day driving home from work, uh, and really enjoy what you guys are doing, and I think you're providing a lot of value to all listeners out there. So uh, just wanted to throw that out to everybody. Um, and also, I have a Super Bowl ring. Uh, this is my, I just finished my 10th season working with the Ravens, so I was there in 2012 when we had our, our magical run to New Orleans and Ray's last ride, and it was an incredible experience, and everybody that works for the organization uh, got a Super Bowl ring, so that was that was pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Those are two great facts. I don't know which yeah. one I like more, probably the Super Bowl ring, but <laughs> I also like that you've been listening to the show for so long. Thanks for listening, man, and thanks for coming on the podcast. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for asking me. So, Dave, today is actually uh, a pretty bad day for you to come onto the podcast for me because my Pittsburgh Steelers just lost in the AFC Championship game less than 24 hours ago. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is Baltimore Ravens fans, certainly they hate Pittsburgh, rightfully so. We're division rivals. As someone who's in charge of the content for the Baltimore Ravens, how do you guys do you guys put out any messaging that is anti-Steelers or because of the rivalry, you know that your audience would absolutely love to engage in something like that. So how do you internally handle something like seeing your division rival lose in such heartbreaking fashion? Well, so it's funny because this was is a little bit of a unique situation in that it was kind of the Ravens fans' worst case scenario because the Steelers have to be playing the Patriots. Which, uh, I mean, when you ask somebody who's our biggest rival, I mean, they're 1A and 1B. Uh, we've had a few few classic battles in the playoffs over the years with the Patriots. So, uh, I mean, obviously the Steelers are, have been our division rivalry, rival for years, um, but the, the Patriots and their fans, I think, I think there's a, a lot of hatred there. Um, so... We, we, our fans probably weren't happy with either outcome. Um, I will say that there, you know, there are some teams, uh, the LA Kings, I think is an example that everybody knows, uh, where they are not afraid to take shots at other franchises and all. And we are not one, uh, that operates like that. I mean, we are happy to engage in playful banter, but we are not the kind of team that's going to poke fun at another team after a big loss, even a, even a division rival. Uh, and and I think also the fact that we weren't in the playoffs, uh, we weren't really in the best position to, to do that this time around. And I think a, a lot of fans would have probably called us out for that. So we stayed away from it, although we do look for opportunities um, to, to tie everything back to our fans and, and find things that... Um, can still engage our fans even when we're not playing. So, for instance, knowing that this was the Ravens fans' worst-case scenario, we actually wrote a story on our website and our app the other day that said that asked fans, "Who are you rooting for?" And we we provided reasons on on why you should root for the Steelers and reasons on why you should root for the Patriots, and then we just let the fans choose. So uh, that's kind of how we we had our voice in the conversation this weekend. 
Well, I think you got, uh, at least you made Rob feel a tiny, tiny bit better. I don't know how much, but you didn't twist the knife too much. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, obviously the NFL has some some relatively strict rules for social media. They've been lightening them up over, you know, over the last couple of months. I'm curious from the team's perspective, how do you deal with that? How do you make sure that you're following the rules, but you're giving the fans what they want and also dealing with the players at the same time in your part of the organization? Sure. Well, so I think the NFL teams are in a unique position and, and have faced some unique challenges uh, compared to teams in other sports leagues and also just other big brands out there. I mean, if you're any brand, whether it's Nike or Starbucks or Under Armour, I mean, you basically are just answering to your higher ups at your company. So for us, I mean, we have our internal policies and way we do things and how we operate, but then there's also the league policy, which I know has been a hot topic of discussion over the last few months. Um, recently, I was speaking to a class uh, at, at Georgetown. It was a master's in sports business, and we did a little Q&A at the end, and a kid uh, basically called us out at one point, and he said that we were doing a good job on Instagram and other social, but that the Washington Wizards were just killing us on Snapchat. And he was kind of wondering why that was, and I had to explain to him that there are certain league rules on Snapchat that prevent us from doing things similarly to how the Wizards do things. Um, the NFL is a bit more protective over their TV broadcast rights, uh, and obviously all that money goes to the teams, um, so there is a, a reason to protect that. But I will say that over time the teams have been more vocal about trying to force some change, and uh, and. As, as was reported, there were changes made to the policy um, that gave us a little more, a little more um, uh, leeway to do certain things during a game. I will say the other thing is people think that just because we're the team that we just have this, this unlimited access. Now, obviously, that is what sets us apart from other media outlets out there, but I don't think we necessarily have the, the free reign that people might assume we do. I mean, we can't just walk down the hall to Joe Flacco and pull him into a room and, and sit him down for an interview anytime we want. Um, we, in a lot of ways, are treated similar to a, a regular news outlet like an ESPN or the Baltimore Sun, where we need to get the permission and kind of work things out. Um, so we try to engage our players as much as possible because we know that that's what our fans are interested in. Um, but there's definitely still challenges, and it's not always as easy as, as fans might expect. I have a two-part question here, and um, one is, of all the platforms that you are on, regardless of any of the rules, what is the highest engaging platform for you guys as a team, number one? And number two, what type of content on that platform seems to get your fans engaged the most? Sure. I mean, I'd say Facebook um, is pretty king. Um, I mean, not only do we have our largest follower count on there, but um, I just think we see the biggest... Um, the biggest engagement and and value and return. I mean, in terms of traffic, whenever we post a link across different channels, that by far drives the, the, the most traffic. But just in terms of you know comments and shares and things like that, um, I think that's where you really see the most uh, impact. And then we try to really uh, put out a variety of content there. I mean, Twitter is kind of focused more on news. We definitely will do engaging things like happy birthday and, and promote different internal initiatives, but generally it's, it focuses heavily on news. And we, and we put news out on Facebook, but um, we don't put every piece of news out there. We kind of 
think about it as uh, things that really, really will um, will um, interest our more casual fans, um, knowing that there's plenty of avid fans on there as well. And then um, just a lot of fun, engaging things, which some people might look at that and say, what's the point of doing that? Whether it's just posting a cool photo or um, just a cool a quote from a, from a player about the fans that gets people excited. Uh, I think that is the area where just you just see the most excitement about the team. Because you guys have such a large fan base, how do you guys handle fan engagement? So you're posting on all these different platforms and people are going to like and share and comment on this stuff. But what do you do when people are sending specific comments and you've got a hundred or a thousand people commenting on Steve Smith's retirement, or if you're like, Hey, what's your favorite Steve Smith's moment or something like that? How do you guys handle the enormity of that? I think in terms of, um, the whole two way dialogue, which, you know, I always preach social media should not be a one way dialogue. You know, you want to communicate with your fans back and forth. It is definitely quite difficult with, with the amount of, of, uh, of comments back you get and feedback across all the platforms. Um, we, we try to look for ways to, to highlight uh, user-generated content and, and things we see from fans. And we've been trying that a bunch with Snapchat and seeing some, some good results. Um, and then in terms of responding to you know messages, tweets, we do the best we can. I feel like we could do better. Right now, our social media quote-unquote department is one person. We have a social media coordinator, uh, and I definitely think there's opportunities for us and other teams to grow that and, and be able to then have more of a conversation with fans. Uh, for right now, though, uh, it's kind of just... Doing, doing the best we could on a, on a day-to-day basis. But it's definitely a 24-7 job. Our, our social person does an awesome job, and she's just always connected. So it's a huge challenge. And another question would be, uh, are you guys evaluating yourselves based on the social media of both other teams in the NFL and other professional sports teams? You mentioned uh, the Washington Wizards there, and I know you guys are pretty forward-thinking in the way that you do handle things. So where do you sort of set your barometer of, all right, Facebook Live is now very prevalent in social, and you can see a ton of fan engagement there. So looking at live streaming and VR and things like that, how do you guys set the standard for what you guys are going to be as an organization socially. Sure. Well, so um, there were some restrictions around Facebook Live. Uh, we had been looking to do it for a while, and, and now we just started recently this offseason because of some of the rule changes, and we have seen huge engagement there. We live stream things to our website, to our app, and now to Facebook. And on Facebook, you'll see just as many views or more than you do on those other platforms combined. Um, and we realize that that's huge for, for driving engagement. So we're looking to definitely expand that this year. And then in terms of re- ranking ourselves against other teams, the NFL sends us reports pretty regularly. And they just sent us one actually last week for last season. And we were pleased because one of our focuses this year was to increase our engagement. And we jumped a whole bunch of spots and for us, we're a pretty young team. We just finished our 21st season, so we don't have a history like the Steelers or the Packers or the Cowboys. And then we're also in the 26th smallest or 26th largest media market uh, among the NFL teams, and we're we're sandwiched right in between the the Eagles to the north and the Redskins to the south and the Steelers out west. So our our NFL marketing territory is pretty small, um, and one of our uh, 
we feel like uh, social is one of those one of those social and digital is one of those areas where you don't have marketing territorial restrictions. You can reach people all over the country, all over the world. So that was an area that we wanted to focus on, growing the engagement. And um, again, props to our awesome social media coordinator because our numbers that came in for the season, we did increase in engagement across all the social platforms. So we were pretty pleased by that. Um, we realized that on the field on Sundays, we're competing against these other teams, but when it comes to digital, we're not necessarily competing against them because a fan of the Ravens is not necessarily going to become a fan of another team on social media. They're not going to be necessarily visiting their website. Our competition is more the, the Baltimore Sun, the, the local sports uh, regional sports networks, the ESPN local. So that's who we're really competing against. Dave, I have one last question here from my perspective. I'm curious, going into 2017 and obviously next season, are you guys looking at social or digital media any differently than you did this past season? Is there anything you're focusing in on more or planning to? Well, in 2016, we launched our Snapchat channel. Um, and it was something that I had thought about launching probably three years ago um, but we are one of those teams where we are not usually the first to jump in the water um, we tend to let other teams try some things first and and see what sticks at, before we jump in and sometimes that's from a cost perspective again we just don't have an unlimited budget so we need to make hard decisions about what we put our dollars behind but also there's the the human time resource um, and you know you can look at all these uh, all these up-and-coming platforms and you know you go back a few years Google Plus and and people can talk about you know is this gonna be the next big thing and we kind of give it a little bit of time to see if it's gonna stick because we feel once you start doing something if it's not sticking out there you can't necessarily just just give up on it after you've worked on building up a following you need to still supply content to that channel so we're definitely looking to grow our snapchat we've had a good start with that um, I know it's not necessarily social but we just started a podcast at the beginning of last season uh, and I know you guys uh, have talked about you know how it's a great opportunity for brands to jump on the podcast train. So we started one podcast. We're working on another one, which is a more featurey type thing. Um, and then I think this kind of ties to everything is uh, business intelligence and business analytics is going to be a, a greater focus for us this year. We have somebody who's working on it right now in our department, but he's also he wears a few different other hats, so it's only part of his job. And we're looking to hopefully hire a new position uh, for somebody that can just focus on that. Uh, and then I guess lastly I'll say um, we are doing a few stadium renovations over the next two years and part of that is looking at the technology and what we can do in stadium to enhance the game day experience for our fans. So I'm sure that we will be talking about social integration, uh, augmented reality, different things like that in the stadium. Dave, I love the insight that you just dropped on us. Uh, like we do every episode, we do give an action item, and sometimes I throw it to Brian and he has no idea. But I'm going to throw the action item to you. Is there anything that you would like to know from our audience of people who love sports, digital, and marketing that would help you or that you'd be interested in knowing about? 
you know, I always laugh when you throw it to Brian and catch him off guard, and then he's like, oh, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. I wasn't prepared for this. And now you just got me. Um, I guess one thing that I would like to know um, is, and, and people, I guess, can feel free to tweet at you guys, but how people are uh, choosing how to deliver their content across different channels. And it's something that we've kind of been looking at recently is you can't necessarily, we know that the voice of each social media channel should be a little bit different and tailored to that audience. But also when you're delivering content, you know, videos become huge across social, but you know, whether it's video or news is, is what's your, how do you deliver that uh, differently across the different channels um, rather than just, just putting out, you know, one piece of content the same way everywhere. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, Dave, listen, uh, we'll try to get some some people to answer that question. And uh, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast and listening. This is great. And uh, yeah, we're excited to have you on and uh, probably chat with you again sometime. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. And if there's anything on our end, if you're seeing trends or we, we love to be able to get the insight that you have. So if you see something, always feel free to ping us. Um, we love having recurring guests, but we also love thought leadership and just insight of what's going on because we want to do the best that we can to provide value to others in the industry just in general. Yeah, you guys have been doing a great job, and I'm real excited to be on, and I'd love to come on again sometime. And by the way, how did you first come across us? Um, you know, I get so many emails every day, and sometimes I don't know how I got on these lists. Um, but apparently I subscribed to the bold, uh, email list somehow. And I, you know, I never just delete emails. I'll, I'll look through them. And then I saw the podcast and again, it looked interesting. Uh, it looked like it was tied to, to what, what I do. So I decided to start giving it a listen and, you know, I read, read some of the blog posts on there too. And, but that's, that's really how I came across. So uh, the answer is I don't really know. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, good, good to hear it. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Thanks, Dave. Much appreciated.